Technology is enabling every aspect of banking to go online, and as traditional branches are no longer economic, the retail branch will need to become dramatically more productive or significantly less costly. As a consequence, banks have started experimenting with new bank branch design concepts. With us today is Mr. Dito Villanueva, Executive Vice President and Chief Innovation and Inclusion Officer at RCBC in the Philippines. Sir Dito, welcome to Podjets for Future CIO. Thank you so much and thank you for giving me this opportunity to be with you. What is the most significant change to how banks engage with customers post-COVID? Well, I think uh, we all know that this is, uh, you know, of course, it's the first time that we're experiencing this after 100 years. No? And limited in-person transaction due to the established health protocols, I think, is the most glaring and significant change when it comes to customer engagement in banks. No? And in fact, uh, for RCBC, uh, during uh, the uh, hard lockdown, we've seen more than 50% of our branches, and actually uh, all the branches across banks have actually been closed you know, because of that prohibition, because of that lockdown. And because of this, the financial industry has been forced to accelerate digital transformation at warp speed to continue servicing the growing demand or the number of customers and their changing needs. No? And of course, one thing that I would like to highlight as well is that going digital was really inevitable. In fact, the rise of fintechs made us think ahead and enabled us to build on on it uh, prior to the pandemic. And this health crisis left both the industry players and the customers with no choice but to urgently shift to digital in a safe and efficient manner. In terms of the products uh, that the bank and the channel state engage in, how has this change in consumer behavior and regulation translated into A, the products that the bank sells and B, the channels that you use to market these products? Well, I think first one, no, so far as how the products are being sold now, more products and services are now geared towards contactless and frictionless transactions no, that have little to no requirement of physically going to a bank. So that's why we have seen the massive shift of consumers to digital uh, transactions. And that is proven by empirical data showing that, say, for example, for Instapay and Pesonet uh, transaction volume and value, we have seen exponential growth uh, starting 2020 until this time. And Everything can now be done with just few, a few clicks no, on your mobile device. So in the case of RCBC, we were able to take a step ahead and go beyond digital operations per se. We figured that this has long been a conundrum to the banking industry. And how do we go digital when there remains much to be desired in terms of connectivity infrastructure? Uh, we all know, for example, in the Philippines, it being a uh, you know a, 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 a logic country, no, still have some telecommunications infrastructure concerns, knowing the fact that still in, in far-flung areas in the country, uh, there is still no uh, data access no, available for some of our uh, Filipinos. So how do we get everyone on board digitally when not even everyone has access to a physical bank? No? We all know that, especially in a country with more than 7,100 islands and a digital bank requiring internet connectivity. So the good news there is that the BSP, for example, has you know, pushed uh, aggressively on having a uh, satellite broadband connectivity. Second would be the massive implementation of the national government of what we call the national ID system or FILSIS. And these are the things that we've been, you know, we've been pushing alongside with our uh, 
regulators and of course the national government. And of course, it was then that we realized that we need not choose between the two, not digital transformation, because, because we all know that digital transformation drives financial inclusion and that financial inclusion in turn fuels digital transformation. So these twin goals guided the products and services that we offer now. No? And in fact, we've seen the massive adoption of our customers no? uh, amongst Filipinos and targeting the largely untapped and underserved sector. And the goal has been to get them onboarded digitally and offer sachet-type products and services. Of course, we know that the Filipinos who used to having the mom and pop stores and the whole idea is how we could retailize retail banking uh, at the level of uh, mom and pop stores or what we call sarisan stores. No? And this came in the form of premium banking services with additional features like telemedicine, sure tech, and microloans at a price they can afford. And on the second question pertaining to channels used or to make these products, because of digital transformation, offering this new customer experience now runs on hyper-connectivity. So we believe that they must be available anytime and everywhere. And of course, we know that the median age no, of Filipinos is about 24 years old. So we have a very young population. And we know that millennials, Gen Z of, of our society would really be uh, people who are so used to using their devices. So when we talk about inclusive digital finance, we talk about making these digital products and services being available across all segments, so from mass affluent to mass market. And this also means reaching out to them in places where they are most visible. So today, our local partners include, as I've said, no, uh, mom and pop stores or the small retail stores, road banks, cooperatives, pawn shops, MFIs or microfinance institutions, and other players who have a wide reach even in small communities located in various parts of the country. So the Philippine geography had been a great challenge in implementing digital acceleration measures and through strong community ties, we aim to make sure that the same inclusive digital banking experience our customers is having here in Manila would be the same as the experience of others in any other part of the country. So with RCBC, uh, we currently have this widest reach for a local universal private bank uh, wherein we cover now all 81 provinces in the country. And I think that has been primary goal of RCBC in ensuring that no one is left. Drawing from your own experience at RCBC, what do you believe are the biggest challenges for other banks trying to adopt the changes occurring around us? I think I mentioned some of those already earlier, but I think innovations as massive and as urgent as this one has its own demands. No? First, the infrastructure for it is still constantly being improved. No? Technology is never final and there are always better ways of doing things. In the Philippines, however, the fundamentals to digital banking such as internet connectivity remain to be a challenge. And the good thing is that the government has been paying great attention to this, especially during the pandemic. As I've said, the BSP is leading this, this mission in partnership with other with the private sector as well. And through constant communication with Delco players, more and better infrastructure is underway. Another problem any technology faces is the security threat. We know this because we have seen uh, the uh, rising incidents of cyber threat, no? which looms large on digital banking, fraudulent digital transactions, identity theft, stealing of user information, and other forms of cyber attack have been a real concern for us. Because of this, strong internal cybersecurity must be implemented by banks. This starts with partnering with the best and the most trusted fintech players and the best individual contributors when it comes to handling our technology. In the case of RCBC, an added layer of cybersecurity is our strong adherence to the 
Philippine Central Bank or the Banco Central of Filipinas cybersecurity guidelines. This helps raise our standards when it comes to ensuring safe and secure digital banking for our customers. This extends to the open finance framework uh, that tackles how industry players maximize user permission data in order to come up with digital products and services. So right now, the VSP came up with what we call the Digital Payments Transportation Roadmap that envisions a cash like Philippines uh, with 50% of the transactions converted into digital and 70% of Filipino adults onboarded into the formal financial system by end of 2023. And I think, Alan, the good news there is that with the current progress of digitalization in Philippines, we could actually achieve these targets even before 2023. Very good news indeed. Now, of the many technologies affecting banks, which do you feel will have the most significant impact in the short to midterm? Uh, I think uh, smart automation, especially having chatbots to attend to the customer's concern 24 by 7 with the use of AI, is crucial, especially in the stage of digital banking. As we emphasize customer-centric and a personalized, inclusive digital finance experience to our customers, and customer service is of utmost importance, helping our users decide whether to stay or leave the platform. Of course, we want them to stay, right? And how frequently they will be using our platform. This is important as we have yet to fulfill the level of digital banking onboarding we hope to achieve. Of course, we want it as frictionless and as seamless as possible. And so having a system in place to make sure those who have been afforded will keep using the app is an important step. So I think the key word here is sustainability. Now, if we look at the role of the chief information officer, the CIO, how are all of these changes impacting that role as well as that of the IT team? Well, now more than ever, the role of a uh, chief innovation officer or a chief information officer must be the advocate of change and innovation in the company. So you always have to think outside the box, right? And you always have to think how you could stand out from the rest, right? So he must be steps ahead of the game and embracing technology and the change that comes with it and taking risks where it matters, when it matters. Far from being the sole decision maker in the team, the CIO now has to be able to empower each team member to make small, impactful decisions towards the right direction, even on their level, so that we can scale the projects and move forward at speed. So dealing heavily with technology, a CIO is expected to be able to handle a hybrid team of human workforce and AI, harnessing the power in order to deliver a delightful experience to our customers. Are we putting too much expectation or faith on technology as the future of banking? Uh, I think there's, there should always be a balance you know, when it comes to uh, offering our customers you know, with a set of products and services that you know, any bank would want to offer to its target clientele, right? So at the end of the day, what we want really is to have a demand-driven proposition rather than a supply-driven one because we have to make sure that the platforms or the products and services that you're trying to offer your clients would be something of value of relevance to them. So to make it, again, sustainable so that they will be able to make use of it in their everyday life. Sir, if you don't mind, let's go to digital bank branches. You, we spoke about the bank branches uh, being closed during the COVID period. Has COVID-19 diminished the value of the bank branches in favor of uh, online and or mobile banking? Bank branches have definitely been diminished in favor of digital bank. Right? And we have seen this. No? Uh, and in our business case, we closed around 66 branches in our network last year. And based on our projection, about 50 to 60% of branch transactions have disappeared because of the pandemic. So the whole idea is on how you can transition you know, the branch-based over-the-counter transactions 
Kung digital. Because note that while, you know, because of the COVID scare, despite, you know, uh, we just discussed about this earlier, while most Filipinos or most customers have been vaccinated, there is still this fear about having to contract the virus, like you having, having full vaccination. So that's why people are still quite wary about going out, or going to supermarket, going to schools, or even going to bank branches. I think even last year, this really gave them, uh, you know, the, the chance or the, the, they were able to try it out in terms of having to see, um, assess the value of going digital. And I think the increasing number of digital transactions as shown by the Bank of Central Filipinas is an indication that more and more customers are really adapting to digital. And I think even without COVID-19 or even once we are all uh, have achieved herd immunity in the next couple of years, I think these digital transactions will, will still be sustained in the two to three digit growth rate. I'm going to ask you if you know of any bank in, in Asia or anywhere around the world that has successfully innovated the branch while at the same time transforming its banking business. One example I think that I could think of right now would be, I think, EBS, the uh, Bank of, of Singapore, right? Even prior to the pandemic, EBS is one bank in Asia that has been quite aggressive and progressive when it comes to pushing for digitalization, right? So I think uh, this is something that, you know, that other players in this industry would be able to learn uh, more about how they were able to do it. And I think optimizing our operations means the savings we generate from closing branches will be realigned towards improving our digital platforms. And of course, in the case of RCBC, while we have seen the the digital transformation of uh, most players in the industry, we're also, I think, at the fast pace of being able to reach that goal of offering you know, a full-blown digital banking experience to all our customers. In fact, uh, we have now converted uh, mo- most of our branches to what we now call as branch of the day, you know, uh, more of a DIY concept of having offering a simple, fast, and safe way of banking. So even for those people who are still used to going to branches, they would still be they would still be branches, but it would be of, uh, of a different uh, level of experience. Now, in terms of technology, which do you feel will have the most significant to this bank branch transformation? As I've said, no, effective automation means that the branch must have a good technical know-how of how the process is done so that they are able to troubleshoot every step of the way. And of course, when you talk of digitalization, it doesn't mean that if, for example, if uh, the, the manual process would take about 10 steps, you will digitalize the process and still doing it with 10 steps. So how do you now make sure that the process would be seamless, would be frictionless, and would, uh, would be as quick as possible without you compromising efficiency or having to uh, go about compliance. So reliable customer experience remains a must and the highly skilled staff must be ready to accommodate customer concerns promptly and navigate between digital and in-branch operations. So I've said for this particular instance, having to have that hybrid concept of customer engagement must be primordial. Sir Lito, thank you for joining me on Podcast for Future CIO. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure still to be talking to you, Alan. That was Lito Villanueva, Executive Vice President and Chief Innovation and Inclusion Officer at RCBC on the topic of strategies for leading the bank branch of tomorrow. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. 
In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.